Hey there, this is Fred Passaro, and you're listening to Metal Matters, the official Gimme Metal podcast, where we explore all things new, some things classic, but all things heavy, with my co-host, Michael Bernard. Today's guest is a legendary vocalist, Mike Williams of I Hate God. Formed in 1988, I Hate God personified nihilism and destruction by subverting traditional doom with hardcore punk attitude. A true original on the scene, albums like Dope Sick set the standard for brutal, nihilistic metal in the 90s, creating an endless number of copycats in the process. 2021 marks their 33rd year as a band, and we'll see the release of their sixth album, A History of Nomadic Behavior. Mike, let's let's talk about the new record. I mean, this new record, the last record was like, you know, the old fives. And then this record is kind of the band that everyone has seen for probably the last three years, I guess, because Patton dropped off. Yeah, he, he dropped out in like... 18? Yeah, uh, like 2017 or 18. Yeah, he, he went to, um, he needed to take care of some people in his family. Mm-hmm. Like his wife's parents were, uh, you know, needed some, some help. And plus the touring was just crazy for him because he also just had a new baby, you know? So yeah, he just had a bunch of kids and, you know, wanted to do that. So I think that's pretty honorable, you know I mean? And, and it's cool. I, I mean, I welcome the changes, even though it's, you know, totally different, but yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would imagine that it's, you know, like, did you guys, I, I don't know. I imagine the process must be utterly, completely different too, you know, um, because you, you guys must've been, you know, kind of used to, I mean, Gary's always been around, but like pretty much it's just like uh, Jimmy for Jimmy must've been completely different. Yeah, he just, um, I mean, it depends on which you're talking about, studio or live. You know, live, he just he just does the double amps now, you know, on each side of the stage. He's got a stack, you know. So it's just as loud as it always has been. It's just Brian's, like, tone is not there. You know, we don't have that or the, or the double feedback anymore. But, uh, I mean, I like it like that. It's To me, it's more kind of raw. And kind of like compact, you know, it's kind of like a, a tight little unit, you know. I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. I know that people have mixed views on it. You know, some people want Brian back and some people like the way it is now, you know, the, the you know, people out there listening. But uh, I don't know, man, I, I, I like the way we are right now. I mean, who knows in the future we may get him back or get someone else. I mean, you never know, you know. Really? Yeah. We like to evolve and kind of change, even though we don't do much of that with our sound. We kind of, I mean, you know. Yeah, totally. I mean, I personally feel like the like stereo uh, full stacks, like one on each side of the stage from one guitar player that has like, you know, it's just like slightly totally different between stacks, like is such a fucking like tough baller move, you know, like it, like it's yeah, so gnarly. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, it's just, to me, it's, I mean, there's nights that, you know, there, we, somebody had a little too much to drink or something and Brian and Jimmy are out of sync a little bit, you know, so uh, now we don't have that problem because they're both, it's all Jimmy, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Kind of, uh, 
there's kind of no room there to fuck up, but, uh, but he still fucks up. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, I'm digging it the way it is, you know, but like I said, who knows this, you know, we, we could change in the future. Yeah. I think, I mean, objectively, in, in my opinion, I think, I think people miss the, the pedigree more than anything. Yeah, no, I know. You know, a lot of people love Brian, you know, I mean, he's got Soil like green, you know, that was, uh, uh, you know, a huge band in the underground, you know, totally. that a lot of people still love, yeah. but they're just, uh, they didn't ever tour a whole lot, you know, and they kind of broke up earlier before a lot of people got to see him, I guess. But, um, yeah, man, Brian's great, man. He's still part of the family for sure. We love Brian. And he, uh, he actually stepped in, I guess it was 2019 when we did a bunch of West coast shows. Cause Jimmy had to take a break. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jimmy took a little time off and Brian came back, but we were a four piece with Brian. Wow. So, you know, yeah. I mean, we do, all, we're, we're kind of known for this weird shit like that. Like some member of the band's not there or something. Totally. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's all part of the family. It's all part of the family. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I guess one of the interesting things about this is like, um, you know, I was, re- I was reading some of the, some of the, pieces you know like going in and recording this and um i guess you guys finished this record before everything kind of got shot down or was was all the instruments done before everything got shut down yeah the music was the we actually did a demo way back like 2016 or something with uh with brian on it Mm But then, like, you know, when he had to step down and, uh, you know, I was in the hospital, all these things, they decided to re-record that and, like, write some new parts and change some stuff. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like a new band then. So they re-recorded it in, like, 2018 sometime. And so that was done, like, you know, years ago, like, you know, a couple of years ago. And I, I did the vocals last uh, June or July. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was there was kind of a, a little difference there. Yeah. Was it the same deal with uh with the with the sheer terror split? Like music done beforehand and then vocals kind of like isolated during pandemic? That he, they recorded that music around uh I don't know, they went back in the studio and I, I don't even know when, but uh I, I did the vocals for that the same time I did the album. Yeah. Vocals. yeah. And that was, uh, I went to Chicago and did that with, with old Sanford Parker there. Fantastic. Love that guy. Yeah. You know, we're in a band together, mm-hmm. Corrections House. So like, it was just kind of a no brainer, you know, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of studios were closed last year Yeah, mm-hmm. and we were going to take off the rest of the year to, to do that, to do the vocals. And then we were kind of forced into taking off. So it was like, you know, I'm just going to go to Chicago and, uh, and do it. You know, we social distanced, you know, uh, we, everybody got tested, you know, COVID tested and all that. So it was, it was, it was kind of a cool situation. Working with Sanford's really easy for me, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's just an easy person, period. You know? Yeah. I mean, and we had done, you know, those Corrections House records and, uh, you know, toured, we did a few tours with that band. So, you know, we, he knew what was up and I knew it was up. So it was, it was fun. It was cool. What's, is that band kind of in limbo right now? Oh yes. But I mean, we definitely talked about doing a new record at least, you know, we're just, uh, I don't know. Scott's been kind of, 
you know, out of it for a bit, you know, so we're not sure uh, what, you know, he's, I don't know. I mean, we talk to him every now and then, but uh, I don't know if we could get everything together. I mean, there's guitar parts already written for that band and Sanford, you know, does beats and stuff all the time. So yeah, we could, uh, we could do another album and we definitely talked about doing it. You know, it's just a matter of getting everybody together and figuring that out. Totally. Totally. Yeah. We, uh, uh, my stupid band played with you guys, uh, Corrections House, fucking when we were like early on over at St. Vitus. And uh, yeah, 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 it was a fucking, it was a blast, man. Like, that might have been our, you guys were great. I think we, I don't know if we played there twice, but probably did. But uh, I think one of those was like our first show ever with that band. It was, uh, it was twice. I went to both of them, actually. Yeah, I think we, that first show though we did, I don't know which one's uniform played, but uh probably maybe the second one. I'm not sure. But uh Yeah, I think it was the one with uh with uh with Static Bloom. Oh, okay, yeah. The first tour we did and played our first show was at St. Vitus and we didn't we had no idea what we were doing. Like the whole idea <laughs> of the band was to do like four solo sets, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I was gonna read and have like noise behind me. Bruce was going to do something scott you know sanford <clears throat> and then at the end we were going to do like you know two or three songs of like improv stuff but we ended up like writing those songs out and then it, i don't know it just, that was our first show so it was like it was crazy just to get up there we rehearsed once for that wow. and uh and then we just took it from there and, went and did it like three or four tours just like you know, kind of put it together as we went along. So, yeah. yeah. Oh man. I love like almost like, like almost noise core, but like, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it was, well, it was supposed to be just like improv noise at one point. Totally. And then I was going to read from my book or whatever lyrics or words. And then, you know, that type of thing. But we ended up writing like a bunch of songs. And by the last tour we did, we had like, you know, like, 10 songs we were actually playing songs live yeah mm-hmm. so yeah it kind of evolved where, totally. where do you think noise came from for you mike like like way back when like how uh, like you know obviously you i've i've spoken with you a bunch of times where we discussed chrome at length and sbk at length yeah. and kind of, you know like all that kind of stuff but like did you ever did you ever like have your actual like full-on noise moment and where did that come from i mean it was just like a post-punk thing you know like coming out of you know by like 1979 or probably maybe earlier than that um you know there was already bands do i should call them bands but you know people doing this that type of stuff experimental i don't know man hearing throbbing gristle and spk is like my all-time favorite SPK are just, you know, to me, they're amazing. Um, one of my favorite bands, really. Um, I don't know. Just totally. That stuff just, you know, after like, you know, everything happens a little bit later in America and then later on, especially in the South, you know, so yeah. that stuff probably by the time it got to us, it was already a thing and over in the UK and all that and happening in other places in America too. But, uh, I don't know, man. I just got into those things, like reading about them in, in magazines, punk fanzines or something, you know, and mm-hmm. just thought it sounded cool. And I started like buying all this post-punk stuff and, 
and all the, you know, answers in and about and, and all yeah. that stuff, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah I mean, that was definitely in the air in like the eighties. You know, like I think Sarah's annoyed about and like I was I was definitely a plebe, you know, like I didn't know shit about any of that. And yeah. I bought an record in, in the mid eighties. I remember that. Yeah, it was still kind of a mysterious thing, you know, but uh it was just something fresh and new, you know. For mm-hmm. me, you know, I got into punk in like nineteen seventy-eight, you know, when I was mm-hmm. a kid. So by like eighty-four like I thought hardcore was dead. Like it, it was super generic in like 84, you know, there's a lot of generic bands. And so of course I moved on to other things, you know, and it was like, the, like I said, post punk and like experimental stuff. And then like the crossover scene with like Exodus and destruction and those type of bands, you know? So totally, I was always yeah. looking for something new and something different and extreme, but, not even extreme, you know, it could be anything, just always looking for new music, you know, after, cause punk, like, you know, that was the pinnacle for me. I'm still into all that stuff, you know, that I grew up with. So after yeah, that, man. it was just always looking for something, you know, new and, and exciting to get that feeling of how it sounded when I first heard, you know, punk rock and like all, you know, then hardcore in like 81 or so. Yeah, I mean, I always think it's really interesting when it comes to like, you know, when it comes to noise, when it comes to power electronics, like specifically, you know, fucking White House coming out of Essential Logic, which like you know comes out of the X-ray specs. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's all this fucking straight line, and like, you know, kind of like the mission statements behind it are the same. It's like you know like the sonic approach is different and the subject matter is different, but like the intention to like fucking, you know, like confuse and yes. challenge and push buttons. It's fucking all there. It's great. Well, see, that's kind of part of, I hate God as well, that pushing buttons and, uh, you know, confusing people. We kind of put some of that in there just cause that's, and like me and Joey were really the only two into experimental stuff, you know? Totally, totally. But yeah, like you're saying, you see those pictures of like Genesis Piarage at, uh, at Malcolm McLaren's sex shop, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there was just one, like, it was all this these people, you know? But I guess Genesis just took it somewhere different, you know? And there was other people doing it as well. Cabaret Voltaire and a lot of people, different groups, you know? Definitely, definitely. You, know, you guys... Before I ever heard you, you wound up being kind of like an instrumental thing for me into getting to like different kinds of experimental music. And it's was so fucking weird, Uh, you know, through the headbangers ball of all fucking things like you got fucking Phil Anselmo uh, in the I'm broken video wearing an I hate God shirt. And I was just like, the fuck is that? And then there was this, uh, the segment briefly uh, called uh, Enter the Pit and that dude, Dominic, man on the streets uh, would fucking talk about like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He'd talk about like, you know, the heaviest music fucking known to man. And he'd always like he'd, he'd always bring up I hate God. And I kept on going back to that shirt and just like, what the fuck? And so, you know, <laughs> like I sought you guys out and like. You know, like when I heard you, it just like I'd never experienced anything like that. You know, this was a time before like 
you know, before neurosis really changed. Um, and like, you know, yeah. I was like fucking like 13 years old or like whatever. But that sent me like looking for just like weirder, darker. And that brought me to fucking throbbing yeah, gristle, you know, like, like there's a direct line to like fucking yeah. like, like, like TG, SPK, fucking Monte Cazaza, all that shit to me yeah. and you guys. And like, that's like, you know. Like I owe you guys a huge fucking debt for that, you know. Like, <laughs> well, I, I would appreciate that, man. That's cool. Dude. But I mean, yeah, like early I hate God. It was like our first shows were just really just doing that same idea to confuse and annoy people and push their buttons, like you said. But like with riffs, you know, like with. Because we were also into Trouble and Confessor and St. Vitus, totally. you know? It was just like all these different influences coming together. I mean, even the first album artwork was like influenced by like SPK and, and Discharge. Clearly, you know? yeah. Like, mm. Yeah, mm. so like, I mean, that's what we were doing, you know? But it's just, it's so strange that we're still around 30 years later and now we have like songs and we're like... <laughs> <laughs> It's that, you know, we're like, uh, uh, I don't know. This new album is like our commercial hit album or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. I really, really dug the fucking, uh, the, the sheer terror split. Like G Gates of Steel, you know, it's like, I've heard so many different takes on it over the years, but like right. the spin that you guys fucking put on that was just like, you own it in a really fucking like, unique and special way and uh, i like what what made you fucking like go like go and like reach for devo in that well i mean i grew up on devo devo was the one of the first bands like i saw them on saturday night live you know when they, they lie like when it happened you know i saw yeah, that yeah. show <laughs> and they just like made me realize like you can do anything with music you know it doesn't have to be this you know this certain thing of rock music or whatever you know i don't know they mm -hmm. just changed my life in that way you know but so i mean we had thought of doing a split with sheer terror when we were on tour with them and uh we were like let's do a seven inch to sell at the shows and we're doing all these shows together of course it took like you know two years to get that together so it was way after the tours but uh we were like let's cover 80 songs and they already knew, like, they do the Cure, Boys Don't Cry yeah. Live, and they do whatever, you know, they they just knew what they were doing already, you know, Depeche Mode. And uh, it took us a while to figure out what we were going to do. Jimmy's not, like, Jimmy's not into, like, New Wave or any of that stuff, you know? So he was a little bit uh, hesitant, like, what to record. Mm -hmm. And finally, like, Aaron, me and Aaron were just, like, we're doing Gates of Steel. I know it had been done before, like Slapshot even covered Gates of Steel, you know? So, I don't know, man. We were Slapshot covered lots of shit. Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not a bad version either. It's not bad. Yeah, totally. But uh, I don't know, man. That was just kind of probably one of the easier things to just do, you know? I mean, we could have dug really deep, but I don't think Jimmy was into it at all. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's Gates of Steel, you know? It's, it's, uh, that's probably the last great album they did though. Freedom of choice, you know, with that song on there. So, uh, I, you know, I don't know. That was, that was how it came about. 
it was done done by like me at age twelve, kind of a thing, you know. <laughs> oh, it's well, unbelievable. Gary, Gary did that. <laughs> yeah, he just um, you know, I don't know. He took a bunch of pictures yeah. from the tour from for the inside, but um, the cover is just like a Devo, something from a, a Devo interview or something. I don't, I don't really know where he got that, but. Uh, yeah, man. And like, you know, I agree with you when it comes to like doing covers and shit. Like there's, there's a couple different approaches that I hear and that I like in that like, yeah, sometimes there's like, yeah, make the fucking super deep cut. Um, and it's something for like, it's something that's kind of like just for you or like a wink and a nod to people who are like, right. you know, collectors or who are like super yeah, invested true. in the culture. Yeah. But like, for real, like classic songs are often fucking classic songs for a reason. Like you're not going to say Gates of Steel is a fucking bad, like anybody who says that doesn't like music, no. you know? No. Like, I mean, uh, it was also yeah. part of like, so like, I mean, for me, and I'm sure Aaron and Gary also, we, we get tired of being called metal, you know, it's just like, I know we get lumped in with that. There's the film association, the Pantera thing, you know, whatever, but. Mm -hmm. I'm so sick of that. So, uh, I mean, I don't think we've ever really been a metal band. We, you know, but, uh, so doing Devo was another kind of way to put it out there and like, look, we, you know, we're into this stuff too, man. You know, it's like, that's how I kind of felt about it. Like, you know, so totally. the people that got it, like you, you know, like you, you understand where I'm coming from and, and uh, maybe some other people will get it too, you know, and start asking me different questions instead of like, you know, what's Phil eat for dinner or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. I grew up with like, um, like uh, my dad used to play that Harry Nelson record. Um, was it uh, Pussycats or whatever? And then when I was growing up, you know, like um, there was that Rage Against the Machine record that was all covers. What was it? Renegades or something? I'm not I sure. Think. I think I that's know. it. Yeah. Sounds, sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, getting back to what Berdan was saying earlier, I think when, when coverage work is like, um, you know, when, when it's all about showing personality, you know, band's personality. And if a song's good, the song's good. Right, right. Have you guys ever thought about doing that? Because you guys have obviously, I hate God is one hundred percent personality, in my opinion. You know, for um, sure. Yeah. Have you guys ever thought about doing like an all covers record, like going all the way in, considering you know the Devo's cover and all that kind of? I thing? mean, we've definitely uh, talked about it before, you know, but uh, it never seems to happen. Like, uh, I've I've kind of pushed for it here and there, like to at least do a couple songs live or something, you know. I mean, like you know. Mm -hmm. Jim, we've played like black flag stuff like, or like, but it's not like the, the whole song, just like part of it, you know, like sometimes we do like mm -hmm. a flipper, a part of a flipper song, you know, it's like, this is when Jimmy like breaks a string and we, me, yeah. Gary and Aaron just like go off, do like butthole surfers, you know, but you know, we never do like the whole song. We'll just play like part of it. You know, but I always wanted to do yeah. like, you know, a whole song, you know, uh, it could be anything, you know, but I've always wanted to do that, you know, recording them would be great too, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, man, it, I, it would it'd be, be fun. I mean, live, that would just be super fun, you know, for the crowd and, and us too, you know. I don't know. Jim just seems to want to stick with our songs and not do an actual cover. 
we did a Melvin's cover a long time ago, like sometime in, God, I don't know if it was the nineties or the early two thousands. We did a Melvin's cover on some tribute record. I've, I've never seen it since after we did it, but it came out though. So we, that's like the only two I think we've ever recorded with the Devo and the Melvin's thing. Yeah. What, what, what Melvin song did you do? Uh, easy as it was. Right. Sick. Yeah. I mean, for the Mel- Melvins, I, the first, I kind of don't really, I mean, I'm into them as a band, but, and alive, but that first Gluey Porch Treatments record is like, is like the one that, that gets me every time, you know, I, I love that record. And, and then like everything after that, I don't listen to. Yeah. You know, it's just that, that's, that first album is it. So that's, that song is on that record, that first record. So, yeah, man, I think it's called something different though. Like just easy as, or something, but cause they do weird shit like that, <laughs> yeah. which I like. I, I love that. The strangeness of that band. Yeah, man. Totally. I mean, I like, you know, I have my, my own opinions about like metal as a genre or like, you, you know, kind of like, bands that like bands getting pigeonholed one way or another like you like you have to be considered this kind of band or 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 your or whatever how would you how do you view like i hate god again in particular but i mean like you know even like outlaw order or like and like corrections house and stuff like like what kind of like if you had to classify your music, like how would you? I mean, lately I've just been saying it's it's just rock and roll, you know. I mean, I know that's a Lemmy ripoff, yeah. but but it's true. I mean, it is just rock and roll. I guess in the past we've called it like hardcore blues, or I mean, that's a hardcore doom or something like that. But those all they, it all seems silly to me, you know. All those I really can't stand the sludge thing, you know. It's it, it seems silly to me to just pigeonhole us and put us, but I mean, I think we're stuck with that. I don't I mean, I don't see that changing. I've been saying that for years in interviews. Like I hate being called sludge band, but a uh, sludge band, but I don't know, man. But so we've called it a few different things, but now I'm just like, we're just a rock and roll band. I mean, cause it is, it is. I mean, we have more medium paced stuff now and it's kind of, especially this new record. I don't know. I think it's kind of just, it's just like a heavier rock and roll, you know? Yeah, man, totally. I like thinking about like genre shit as far as, you know, let's say you're at a fucking border crossing and you got all your gear and you're going into Canada and like fucking immigration stopping you. And they're like, oh, you're a band. What kind of band are you? Like, are you, are you going to be like, yeah, I'm some fucking like, like, you know, doom stoners like sludge yeah fuck that no like you just go easy say and like say like what they'll understand to let you into the country we usually, like, I we like usually tell the border people we're a blues band you know we're just like we're a blues band because i mean it in that sense it is we are a modern blues band like if if you know john lee hooker listened to black flag you know we that would be this is mm-hmm. what it would sound like you know but uh even that's like, you know, I don't know. It, it's hard to explain to those people without being totally just, just dumbing it down, you know, a thousand percent. Like we're a metal band, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
Well, you know, and it's funny because um, I don't know, Bernan and I have have done a few of these things lately. And one thing that's come up is kind of like Black Flag and like, I don't know, the the the, the later records, you know what I'm saying? All of the Rollins records. Yeah. Um, one of which I'm sure obviously it was really big for for I Hate God, which is like the My War record side too, right? Um, but that said, was there, you know, like is there is there a Black Flag record now that that you listen to still? Do you still do you ever listen to My See, War? Anymore? Everybody thinks like I mean for Jimmy maybe My War is the one that influenced him, but uh, mm-hmm. I was influenced by all the early stuff like the Dez stuff, like yeah. Okay. You know, I I still relate like the power of Black Flag then. I saw them live back then many, many times, you know, before oh, wow. well, I saw them once before Rollins, once before Henry was in the band. But uh I, I think that that's what influenced me. And when I say Black Flag's an influence, it's like that the early power of like say like, you know, the six pack seven inch, you know, or mm-hmm. just all that stuff. Nervous uh, breakdown too, or no? Uh, I mean, uh, th- it's a great seven inch, but Keith's vocals aren't my favorite, you know, okay. but it, it, he, he sounds great later in, in circle jerks and off, you know, he's yeah. fantastic. But on that, I don't know. It's kind of goofy, but the music's yeah. it, it's a great record. Cause it's like a pinnacle record, you know, that changed everything. For sure. But <laughs> when I say black flag, I'm talking about like, Jealous Again, Six Pack, um, Damaged, you know, that's three mm-hmm. different singers right there. But, uh, yeah. you know, those are the ones that influenced me. And then I could kind of knew they were going, they were playing some of the My War stuff live before that record even came out, you know? Yeah. Like I saw them in like 82 on the Damage tour mm-hmm. and they had a day off. So we got them to go play this little dive bar that we, we, our local bands used to play at called the Rose Tattoo. And we got them to go play there and they were basically just rehearsing. You know I mean? They, they had a day off and they wanted to rehearse. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, it was great for us though. Cause you know, and, and they did, there was like 12 people there. Maybe they did uh, a few songs. They, I'm not sure which ones, but uh like they probably did three nights and nothing left inside or something like that. And, you know, so that stuff was way before that album came out, you know, it was written. So I saw it back then, like the power that this band had. And that's how I always wanted to have our band, like just be like furious, you know, like this, I don't know. I don't just, like I said, the power, you know, but I see where I see where my everybody thinks I hate God. Okay, my war, you know, because of that those that side B, you know, side two. But uh, there's a lot more to it than that for me. Do you ever dip into the later stuff? Yeah, sure. I I used to by the time like um, you know, loose nut and in my head came out. I was starting to take a lot of LSD, so like I used to listen to those albums on acid, and just yeah. and, and they're good albums, but it's just not my favorite. Totally, Black Flag. Yeah. They're good though. They are good in a whole different way. You know, they're yeah. whole, it's really a whole different band without yeah. Chuck Dukowski. You know, yeah. I th- I think the reason that I relate, you know, other than just like the Sonics of My War Side Two, I like I I relate kind of like. I would assume like, you know, later uh, Black Flag would play a role 
into I Hate God would be like, just like the the lyrical content is so like, you know, it goes from kind of like abject nihilism and like kind of like teen angst early on to like pure like self vilification and fucking like like self-hatred and like it like yeah i like i feel like that's like the kind of that that's kind of like the lyrical and like tonal quality that i've always like associated with with your work is this like this this like really dark introspection that that i see in that yeah that's that's definitely uh that definitely influenced me you know Mm -hmm. Like back then when I first, I don't know about when I first heard them, but as I was listening to them for a few years, you know, the, there was a lot of other bands, you know, they're singing about like fuck Reagan or, you know, whatever, these, these lyrics just seemed to not mean anything to me. You know, I, I might've agreed with them, but they didn't really mean anything. Totally. You know? <laughs> Black Flag just had these lyrics that were personal and I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. You know, I was just like, wow, man, this is a great way to express yourself. And like, just, and it just, it just got me in a certain way, you know? So yeah, that was definitely an influence on me. Well, well speaking on, on, you know, like expression and kind of God, where we are now in 2021 and all that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously you guys have been around forever and one of your, one of your biggest, uh, crowd pleaser songs is um um the song white n-word right right right. um yeah and uh i you know that recently i you know i i I went look i love that song and recently i was you know kind of like going for um gonna get on my bike and i made like a little impromptu i hate god greatest hits thing that i was gonna ride my bike and listen to or whatever and i realized that you changed the name of that song to white neighbor Um, and I assume that's, I assume that's part of our current, um, you know, our current kind of, yeah, atmosphere. Um, do you want to kind of talk about like, um, like the decision, the decisions that went into that and all that? Well, I mean, in, in the beginning, you know, I mean, back when we were younger and we were kids, we were obviously trying to get attention and shock people, Mm -hmm. you know? going back to like we were saying about like throbbing gristle and SBK, like that shot value and a lot of punk bands yeah. obviously had it, <laughs> you know, the whole Sid vicious t-shirt thing was like a thing. Um, we, we, that song has no lyrics for one thing. Mm-hmm. We just, um, used that word as shot value, not really mm-hmm. thinking about, any repercussions or the future at all, you know? So it was a stupid thing to do. You know, I mean, the name of that song was something that I had been called before living in the South, you know, as an outcast, as like, you know, someone who they relate to as being not a part of society, you know, almost an outcast of an outcast, essentially. I, I guess so. Yeah. It was, uh, Something that I had definitely been called, but um, it, that's what it meant to me. You know, I mean, hence the word white in front of it. You know, it was talking about me not fitting in and kind of being a third world citizen 
in the way that that word is used in America and other places against, you know, African-Americans. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really think it out. You know, it, I shouldn't have uh, done that, to be honest, because I don't know how black people feel in this country. There's no fucking way I could know yeah. what they feel like. I mean, it's horrible. And, and yeah, it's something that was done stupidly out of shock value and you know like i said something that i was called it was there was also a band called the avengers that had mm-hmm. that had a, that saying i stole the title from them thinking like wow this is this is punk you know this mm-hmm. will be and you know it's just as the years go on and you think about it and i mean we changed the name of it live like years ago you know mm-hmm. i don't even know what year it's probably way back when Joey was in the band, we changed the name, but of course it's, it's there on the record and it's there on Spotify. Well, now it's not on Spotify, but it's there on the record and it's there, you know, it's, that's it, you know, it's done. So all I can do is just say that, you know, that that's how I meant it. It was never anything racist, obviously. I mean, I'm not racist at all. And, you know, so it was just a a dumb thing trying to relate to downtrodden people and being a white person, you, you can be downtrodden and poor and oppressed and all these things, but you'll really never know what it's like to be an oppressed black person in this country, you know? So, So, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. So we, you know, like I said, we changed it live and, uh, you know, finally got around to changing it in the, the system, you know, from uh, Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. I mean, it's still on the records, you know, but that's how it is. I mean, it is part of the band's history, you know, so there's there is a part of me that's like, well, it's part of the history. You can't rewrite history. You know, you can't. You know, there's, that's what's going on everywhere now. You know, like you said, cancel culture and all that. <laughs> Some people are, you know, if you, if you want to rewrite history, it's impossible. Like to just change, you can change it and move forward. But, you know, that's, a, that's where, where I'm at with that, you know. Just try to keep moving forward. And like, it, it happened. It's one of those things. And, you know, when, you, when you're younger, those things happen. And that's all I can say about it. It seems, you know, like following you for like for for a very long time, it seems like you have like personally evolved in such a way where like, you know, you've gone from, you know, yeah, like you're like doing like, you know, what you said, like kind of like intentionally pushing buttons and like looking for shock to like a much a much deeper place of like you know, kind of like general, like relation to the world and like, and empathy and like, like you're like, you've always been kind of like introspective, but like where it was like nihilistic, it seems like now, at least like, at least to me, just like outside looking in that, like that you've like, you know, for lack of a better word, like you're just in a constant state of like evolving and like growing as like, as a human being and that's like part of your art like is it like you know like what has kind of like moved you along it, like you know and like you know as far as like 
personal evolution and like, you know, kind of like your outlook on the world? Well, I mean, I think that's part of growing up, you know, I mean, I'm not obviously not the same person I was back in the late eighties or, you know, nineties, you know, totally. in, in the nineties, I didn't care if I lived or died, you know, that I, that's how much I was just, that's just how I felt about society and about life in general, you know, I mean, hence all the hard drugs, you know, and alcohol, it was just like, fuck it, you know, whatever, just, uh, let it happen, you know? And, uh, you know, you get older and you get, um, you learn more things and you realize stupid things you've done. Everybody's done stupid stuff when they're young, you know, but what level you don't know, but you know, you just have to grow up and, and it just comes naturally for me. It just, you know, leaving that stuff behind and moving forward, you know, you can't really think about the past too much, even though it's there and it's going to pop in your head, you know, but you just, for me, it's just all about moving forward and surviving. You know, I think this band and I mean, me personally, I've just been a survivor all these years through all the shit this band's been through it, and we're still doing it. We're still here. It's, it's pretty crazy, you know? So just, uh, you know, evolving and moving forward as is a natural process. I would say. You've done a lot of like, um, like, you know, like poetry and writing and all that kind of stuff. Do you think, you know, you ever see yourself kind of like turning, turning that and turning that fire up a little bit and like, going a little bit deeper down that road? Well, I, that's, that's the plan, you know, that I've wanted to do that for a long mm -hmm. time. You know, I've done a lot of spoken word shows, like other than like corrections house and, you know, well, that is where the only other place I really did it, but I've done like, you know, spoken word things at record stores or bookstores and things. And, and I've always wanted to move further into that, you know, because I mean, as you know, when I'm like 65, am I going to still be doing this band? You know, who knows? But I, I would like to have people know me for that stuff, you know, like the writing and, and, and reading and just it would be nice to be known for that other than just the metal band, you know, which is once again, talking about being pigeonholed. It's like some people don't want to know about the writing, you know, they don't care, you know, this, they're just not open to that type of thing, which is fine, you know, but I don't know. It'd be nice to be known for that as well. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get some more books. I've got stuff written. It's just a matter of getting it put together. You know, I've been saying that for years after this first book, but but yeah, you know, just uh, it would be nice to be known for other things than just like putting that same little neat suitcase of, of you know, this metal band or whatever. Yeah, I mean, your writing is, I, I feel like it's just as harrowing as as your music a lot of the time, you know, like I look at your um, like what you wrote about your experiences during Katrina and like that shit, like, like really kind of like crystallized the situation. And, um, like, it, like it really like, like, like stirred my soul in, uh, like it, in a way that like, 
you know, like kind of like only the written word can do like music can go so far to me, but like, yeah, like, you know, if you're trying to convey an idea and like convey a feeling, then, you know, like doing it through poetry and through essays and through like, there's just so many, there's so many ways to yeah. crack an egg, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, you know, I want to write a biography or something, you know, like, cause there's a lot of stuff that's happened, you know, in my life that would, I think it, I don't want it to be like this typical rock biography though, with, you know, sex and drugs and rock and roll. I want it to be, you know, more introspective about, you know, how I felt about these years in the band, you know, I just, I mean, I've written stuff before, but I, 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 I want to get that compiled somehow and, and do a book like that. But yeah, I totally agree with you though. I, I agree. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I think that's, I think you bring up a good point. I think, you know, a lot of people would be definitely be very interested in, you know, in hearing all those stories and especially, um, you know, like I would say like outwardly, you guys have this per persona of like, uh, you know, wild man band, you know, and then, sure, yeah. and, uh, you know, we talk, we, we talk to you, Mike, and we, we, and obviously there's, there's a little bit of brains in there too, you know, that I think a lot of people neglect and they just think, Oh, these guys are just you know, crazy, like badass, like nihilists, you know? And I think that's um, something that's neglected that I think a lot, a lot of people uh, miss when they're talking about your band. Yeah, I agree with that. They do miss that. I mean, the, the, uh, I mean, all that's no, nothing's been contrived through the years. I mean, we've been who we are, you know, and we're pretty honest about talking about it. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been approached by a couple ghostwriters to, to do this, but I think I, I think I should write it myself. You know, I think that would probably be the best thing. You know, but yeah, not many people, people just want to, they just want to you know, these people that go to shows and they just want to, you know, jump off the stage and, and mosh. I hate that word, too. Um, <laughs> they they want to mosh. And it doesn't even matter who's on stage, you know. It's like, it seems to be there's a lot of fans like that. And I guess that's okay, you know. But, you know, I still, I'm just kind of, I want people to look deeper into it and see, you know, these other things. Like, you know, having SBK as an influence and I hate God, like who, nobody cares about that, you know, but there's a few people that might, you know, it's, there's a lot of deeper stuff with this band that, you know, and myself, I guess that, you know, this, it would be nice if people asked me about those things sometimes and, you know, not the typical, like, you know, stuff about our, a new record or whatever. Well, why don't we do that? Mike? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> seriously though, like that's what like, I'm here for. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> like. Uh, seriously, like what? What's a you know like? It's nine a.m. Sunday morning. Mike Mike's got the coffee on. You know, like what's he putting on the stereo? Oh man, um, actually, I don't have a stereo right now, but uh, I'd probably put something on Spotify. Yeah. Um, God, I mean, it could be anything. Uh, I, I listen to dub reggae. I like. I listen to a lot of stuff like The Scientist or Mad Professor. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool! Yeah. 
uh, Lee Perry or something like that. Or mm-hmm. God, I was just listening to the Human League when you when I had to get on this call with you guys. So, Dude. I mean, the- yeah, I mean, I, I love that '80s stuff. You know, I love uh, you know stuff like Jane's Addiction, Soundgarden, like those things. And of course, I still listen to the old. 77 punk rock stuff you know i'm always digging out bands that obscure bands that put out like one seven inch and then disappeared you know i'm always trying to find what that sounds like and find different bands and then there's always you know black flag poison idea you know discharge um old dri and like the first dri record i mean there's there's so many things you know i i it all depends on the mood I'm in, you know, I'm sure it's, it's like that with everybody, but yeah, uh, no, I just didn't know if there's something maybe that would surprise us. Like you'd be like, Brad, I actually really love Rogers and Hammerstein or <laughs> some shit like that. You know, I, I like John Carpenter soundtracks. Oh, a lot. Yeah. He's a man. Yeah. So, but I don't think any of this would be surprising. Yeah. Coming from me, really? I mean, people know that I like ABBA. Yeah. So that's like, yeah. I, I mean, some people might know, but yeah, I mean, I like ABBA for real. Like, I like their song structures and the 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 the, the way they put together a pop song. You know, it's it's interesting to me. Yeah, man. So I don't know. There's so much stuff that I I listen to on any given day. Um. Well, I guess you know I'm going to ask an extremely obvious question before we uh, before we sew up here. You know, once once all this. Once all this shit, the the fucking like smoke clears and all that, um, I assume that we're gonna be able to see you in New York two to three times a year. Yeah. That kind of thing, you know, like y- you guys are gonna grind it yeah, out. I'm I mean, sure, we're just right? waiting for the word. You know, we're just waiting. Mm. We, you know, obviously, we don't want to do anything that's irresponsible or draws a crowd. Or anything like that. Oh, for, that sure, be, for sure. That's not. Yeah, yeah good and uh yeah so we're just waiting we've been talking to our you know booking agents and like trying to we keep like just saying you know when when can we do this you know so yeah we're 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 excited to get back out there you know the uh our album actually comes out on march 12th which is mm-hmm. exactly one year from the the day the lockdown started at least for me uh, we were in the ukraine in kiev on March 11th and we were going to play the next day, but then we heard this borders are closing or whatever was going on. It was still not clear what was going on, but I, I think we made the right decision. We postponed the rest of the shows. We had like three more shows. And so, yeah, that was exact. We came home on March 12th and the album will be out on March 12th. I mean, pandemic record, like it, it I, I, I did it earlier, uh, earlier this year, like, having a record come out mid pandemic is like, it's interesting. Uh, but like in a weird way, it's like almost kind of cool. Like, uh, I feel like you kind of get to, ref- yeah, you can reflect on it like a lot more. And, uh, yeah, the fucking having them that March 12th milestone, uh, for you, like, I mean, that's, that's pretty fucking sick, you know, like, I like it. It's just a weird coincidence. Yeah. I, I didn't even know it until like a week or two ago. I was like, wait a minute. That's the day the lockdown started. You know? Yeah, so, man. I don't know. Hopefully we can be back out and all these bands will be touring again. Dude, fingers crossed. Right. Well, yeah, I guess March, March 12th. 
um, is the release of a history of nomadic behavior, the new I Hate God LP um, on uh, Century Media. I guess, is this, is this the first time you had a full length on Century Media since the 90s, right? Yeah, in the in the nineties, the early nineties, like 90, yeah, yeah. 90, the year I think nineteen ninety, ninety one, two or something like that, we uh we actually signed with the label like for this ridiculous deal. You know, we were kids then, we didn't know what we were doing, you know. The old it, it's a totally different label now with different people and everything. But uh back in the nineties, they basically took advantage of us. I mean, they saw these kids that couldn't afford a lawyer, you know, with this huge contract that we didn't understand. You know, we figured we didn't think we'd be together 30 years later anyway, you know, so we, we signed this contract and we got a, we, you know, we were like, we're going to Europe, you know, and then 30 years later, we're still doing it. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's all different people now. And, uh, we, we do the licensing thing, you know, we license the record out. So we still, own, we still own the music, you know, so we're not like signed outright to them. We were doing like an album at a time, you know, we license it to them. We also started our own label. I hate God started uh take as needed records, which is actually what the, the split with sheer Terra is out on. So yeah, we're going to start doing more stuff with that, but then licensing mm-hmm. to them for, you know, they have the distribution and the, they help us promote it and all that stuff. So it's, it's cool. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It should be. So anyways, yeah. Um, um, the new album, uh, history, nomadic behavior, March 12th, 2021, all streaming platforms and, uh, records and and anywhere you can get all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. There's limited vinyl. There's like 12 different cars of vinyl and people should buy some merch. It's all that's keeping us afloat right now. You know, and buy uniform merch as well. Well, um, yeah, I guess, I guess, Mike, thanks. Thank you so much for your time today. And, uh, thank you. Good talking to you Mike, guys. This has been a real joy. It means a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll see you guys out there somewhere on the road so we can Fuck talk yes. more. And, yeah, it was good talking to you. Yeah, thanks again, man. Definitely. Right, later, definitely. Be easy, bud. All right, take it Bye. easy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Metal Matters. Make sure you like or subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Sticker, Amazon. To get the most recent episodes automatically delivered to your phone. Thanks for listening and catch you next week. Metal Matters.